Today, I'm talking to Seth Kaufman, Chief Sales Manager for One Sotheby's International Realty in South Florida. Seth oversees 10 managing brokers, 1,300 associates across 27 offices in the most prestigious neighborhoods throughout Florida's East Coast. Seth started his career in real estate in 1997, working with International Sales Group, selling pre-construction developments. In 2000, alongside his identical twin brother, Seth started Global Marketing Group, an organization that provided sales and marketing services for real estate developers and builders. In 2007, Seth became the managing broker for Turnberry International Realty. In 2017, Turnberry International Realty was acquired by one Sotheby's International Realty, where Seth stayed as managing broker and his scope of management increased, adding an additional 200 agents and three offices. In 2020, Seth became one Sotheby's International Realty's chief sales officer. He now oversees 10 managing brokers, 1,300 agents in 11 counties, and 27 offices along Florida's East Coast. But wait, this is the Jerry Metcalf podcast, the podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. Well, who better to meet and listen to than the guy who leads the top agents in the brokerage at the top, not just in all of Sotheby's International Realty, but in the country. What's most notable about Seth? He's understated. Seth notes details, the subtleties. He and I talk about how to identify the subtleties that make or break your success. Thank you for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. Our episodes are powered by Breakthrough Luxury Coaching and Membership. This is a coaching platform that was created and inspired by Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. At Breakthrough Luxury Coaching, this is coaching and membership that provides luxury real estate agents, community and coaching that create results. To learn more, go to getstarted.breakthroughluxury.com. To get the full story, go direct to the homepage at BreakthroughLuxury.com. There's a letter from me explaining how all of this came together, and this is now launched in a big part and powered by the Jerry Metcalf Podcast. Last but not least, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Modern Luxury Magazine, who's been there through the ups and downs and some of the greatest successes of my career as a real estate agent. At Modern Luxury, connection and community define who we are. Modern Luxury is the nation's largest media company offering leading brands access to the most affluent audiences in the most prominent cities across the United States of America. And lookbooklink.com, thank you for your sponsorship. This is the digital business card, your digital business card, and it's here. To see mine, go to lookbooklink.com forward slash JMP. Create your own with ease in minutes. You don't even need your kid's help. And you'll have a custom name and a custom QR code for sharing. It shares not only your contact info, it shares key resources for your prospects as you meet people. Your prospects and people that you meet will not only never lose your information, 
They'll see right away why to hire and refer you without you saying a word. Go to lookbooklink.com and use promo code JMP123 for 10% savings on every lookbook link you purchase. And now for the show. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. Today, we have on the show Seth Kaufman, one of the big guys. He's a chief sales officer with one Sotheby's International Realty to share. I'm so excited. Amazing insight. You guys, I think, are the biggest affiliate of Sotheby's as well. But that being said, Seth, thank you. Good to see you. Great to see you, Jerry. Thank you for having me. So as we bring you on, let's just start with explain to us exactly, because you're not the typical guest on the show, but you are like a few. You are a leader in real estate. You have extensive experience in sales. But let's start. Just tell us a little bit about what exactly what exactly is it that you're doing today and what is your role at Sotheby's, one Sotheby's International Realty? And by the way, I believe you guys have 1,600 agents? 1,327 okay. offices all up and down Florida's East Coast. What yeah. are we 1,600 tomorrow? So you know, yeah, so pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so I am the, currently the chief sales officer for one Sotheby's which means I oversee all of our 1,300 agents, our 10 managing brokers uh, in 27 offices up and down Florida's East Coast. We run all the way from South Miami, really all the way up to Amelia Island, which is north of Jacksonville, not far from the Florida Georgia line. I was going to say, I grew up on that west Florida Georgia line and you're on the east side, but that's okay because you're on the water there. Um, so what going into this you're your chief sales officer is that the right title for you correct chief sales and officer. you basically oversee exactly what for all of so I, I work closely with the managing brokers i myself i'm still a managing broker for several offices of ours coral gables Key Game, brickle and fort lauderdale so i'm really hands-on with the agents within my four offices um, but work closely with all the other managing brokers and Chris Anthony, our senior VP of Northern Markets, um, to run the company on the sales side and, and foster growth and really help our agents continue to succeed. So we're going to call this interview, How to Get It All Done with One Guy. <laughs> and that's unbelievable that you oversee all of that. So in that, I think your agenda and goal, just to understand your perspective, is like making sure that you guys, is it the sales of real estate agents? Correct. Correct. Okay, so before this, what's the story? How did you land? Where'd you grow up? What happened? And how did you land here today in 2022? So, great question. So I grew up just outside of New York City in Rockland County, New York. And I knew I wasn't going to stay in New York for some reason. I just had a feeling I wasn't going to stay in New York. Graduated high school. I went to college at West Virginia University in Morgantown, had a great mm -hmm. uh, time at WVU, got my degree in education, elementary education with an emphasis in special education. My mom was a teacher, uh, a, a, a very, very good teacher for English as a second language in New Jersey. And uh, she kind of pushed myself and my identical twin brother 
into that is that, uh, profession. Is that here today? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know who you're going to get. I'll stop because we were, this is okay. So because elementary education and special education to correct. mega real estate so, and luxury in South Florida. Correct. Correct. Okay. So, so I, I got my degree in education. I, after college, I had friends and family in South Florida. So we made a big move, my brother and I, and we moved to uh, North Miami area. Uh, we both began teaching our careers teaching. Um, I started with sixth, seventh, and eighth grade special education, more behavior disordered. And our uncle was a big partner in a, uh, a local sales and marketing company that was one of the pioneers for development sales in South Florida. So he worked with developers to handle their sales and marketing for several developments in South Florida. I joined after doing two years as a teacher. I joined his company, learned the business, and really, really enjoyed that end of the business, the sales and marketing development sales, new development sales, whether it's single family homes or condominium. I was on site for a few years doing sales for developers. And then I transitioned into a, a leadership role as sales director for several developments. Okay, so you just kind of slid over that elementary school, special ed, and all of a sudden you're we, the end was your uncle. We got that much, but really like was teaching not for you? Was real estate for you? Was it just kind of like path of least resistance? What happened? I actually, I actually loved teaching. I, I believe I'm a teacher at heart. I loved what I did. I loved working with special education students. I loved working with students. I loved passing on knowledge and that feeling of giving others. I think Watching my uncle's success and how he was viewed in the community, seeing what he did, the type of people he was around, celebrities, high net worth individuals, these beautiful condominiums, um, just the, the overall vibe he gave off, I kind of emulated. And I, 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 I said, I really would love to learn what you do and, and, and see if I can get involved in that. Not that I didn't love teaching because I did. And I think I was kind of a victim of the times where I was, the school I was at was not a great school, not a great area. And I kind of lost a little bit of my love for, for teaching. So I yeah. felt like I needed to transition into something else. And it was, whether it's karma or, or, <laughs> or just good luck or, or whatever it is, I, I, I was at the right place at the right time. And he said, go get your real estate license. So both my brother and myself went to get our real estate license, still continue to teach while doing that. And the benefit of being a teacher is you get your summers off if you're not teaching summer school and you have some uh, more time than other professions. Yeah. So we were able to kind of hybrid it and uh, I got my real estate license. And then after a couple of years teaching, uh, transitioned into learning the development business uh, through him and his company and started on-site sales. Well, I would think being someone, some of the teaching was environmental, but it was also, correct me where I miss this, because I think this is always insightful to see like, okay, what is it about you and what is it about me and learning about successes? You were a person that wanted to contribute and like to be a part, liked connectedness, because at the school, there wasn't really connectedness, even though you were in a role that was supposed to be contributing. And then there was also this sense of like, I haven't even lived life yet. I might be missing out. And so transitioning where you could still learn, you could actually contribute and you had this connectedness and just a world to live in to explore more of where we are in this short time we have on this planet. 
absolutely and 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 the people you get to meet in this business and your viewers know this uh, firsthand is everyone has a story and when you mix in real estate and it's just so powerful the stories you hear where people come from why they're interested in buying this why they're interested in selling this why they want this investment there's so many different stories and legs that go out from that story and you really become intertwined with your clients lives for me my agents lives so you come into real estate now let's start talking about the sales component so you you go from teaching which is kind of similar to selling especially when you're good at it into selling but you were was it more of an on-site experience that you were in or what kind of how did I, and what I, did you what was the biggest like like what was the toughest part about the transition and what was the best worst all of that sure so i i would say the the toughest part of the transition was going from working with children <laughs> to 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 working with adults and and learning, learning a whole new world and a whole new business and knowing how to transact and, and what financing means on a new development, how buildings are built and what the process is, what's a reservation, what's a contract, what's a rescission period, you know, how the deposit structures are, what makes someone qualified to buy a condo at this price level. Um, the learning curve there, the contract learning, um, the lingo learning. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a big shock, but I loved every part of it. I, I dove right in. I would keep contracts next to me at night and I would read them a great way to fall asleep. And, um, I, I would, I would, right. I would try to learn and yeah. watch videos yeah. and, and then watch, yeah. you know, watch other people that were very successful doing what I wanted to do. Wow. So from that, but coming into it, I think you that you were on site, the sales are coming to you, but so you're, but you're still learning very quickly firsthand exactly what's involved in the entire process. And then there's, I think there was a time in your career where you've had other businesses, you had a sales company. Was that something different with your brother? Co correct. Yeah. So, so I, I, my uncle was part of this large sales marketing firm. He was a partner and he sold out of that partnership. And we started our own sales and marketing company for developers, which we also mm. were partners in building some projects in South Florida. So my brother, myself, and my uncle partnered up to create a company called Global Marketing Group, where we would represent developers. And we had some conversions, some partnerships where we represented uh, developers on new builds, and I was a partner in that company, in addition to also being a sales manager, sales director for a few projects. Wow. Okay. So how long did you do that? That was, um, I would say that lasted about five years where I, where, where we had our own sales and marketing company and yeah. that ended in two th end of 2007 <laughs> when, I was when just everything thinking. I bet. Yeah. I bet. So but yes. at what moment did you say, okay, this is it? Like, or have you yet? But did you say this is it sounds like that was kind of the career for you? Or what at what point in your career you were like, okay, this is it. This is for me. The business itself, you mean Jerry, to real estate in general? Uh right away, to be honest. I, you know, it, there's uh, every day is different. 
in this business mm-hmm. because of the people you meet, the experiences you have every day is different. And there's just so much learning potential every day. Yeah. I'm learning, continue to learn something new. And, it, and if I don't know it, I'm intrigued by it. So I want to learn about it. I want to uh, enhance my sales ability. I want to learn how to be a better connector. I want to well, learn how to be a better communicator. And I bet that really came into play and attributed to your success in 2007. So what happened then? And then we're going to get into, okay, here's all you learned and all you've witnessed in real estate. And now let's apply it to real estate agents at large and how to become successful. But what did you learn in 2007? Like, It was a tough, it was a really, as you know, a very, very tough year. And my uncle and, and my brother and myself were part of developments on the development side. So we were almost out of business because we were, I was running a, um, a condo hotel at the time, getting financing at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008 was a nightmare for a traditional condo or even single family home, let alone a condo hotel. So we ended up closing. Uh, we sold out of that project I was on of 240 units. We, wow. uh, we, we closed at that time. We're able to close about 45 of them only uh, most, mostly due to those cash buyers that were, closing those. The rest fell out. We did our best to help people and return deposits, but it was a very, very tough time. And we were kind of up in the air what our next steps would be. And I knew that the easiest transition for me personally would be to move into general real estate because I knew no matter how bad things are out there in the world, people still need a place to live. People still need to sell their places. People are still moving. They're still transient. So real estate's not going anywhere. And I said, what can I do? And I reached out to some of my contacts. And and, uh, then I found out this company, a small boutique company in in Aventura in North Miami area was looking for a managing broker. So we connected and he asked, the owner asked me to become the managing broker for this boutique luxury real estate company in Sunny Isles, Aventura and, and uh, Val Harbor. And it was about a hundred agents and high-end luxury real estate. It sounds like you went from like this developer marketing world, and then you go into this general real estate world. And it's funny how now at one Sotheby's, because they're both, you've kind of like merged both careers into that. Yeah, correct. So So I, 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 yeah, I, I had no idea about general real estate. I was, I had zero knowledge about what general real estate agents do, how you do it. And it was really interesting to me. And not only was I getting into that sector of this incredible business, but I was becoming the managing broker (laughs) for that sector of the business where I would help agents succeed. And I'm a student of John Maxwell. I'm a, I'm a certified speaker, trainer, coach of John Maxwell. Oh, and, wow. and, yeah. and we always say, you know, you, you just do it, do it afraid, do it scared. And no matter what you're feeling, that's a great um, thing for your podcast, Jerry, is we all need to do it scared. And we're all going to be scared about that listing appointment, about meeting that client, about meeting a high net worth individual, but you do it afraid. And then what happens? And then it becomes easier next time because yeah. you realize fears are, are nothing. It's just fun. It's you start realizing like it's just the excitement and fear are very often the same. Correct, correct. So I I, I took on this new role as managing broker of Turnberry International Realty, a very successful luxury company, and I learned as I went, and I got very close to all of my agents and became um, 
you know, we, we dined together, we went out together, we, we, we worked together, obviously. And, and that was a very successful company. And I learned as I went and uh, I, things I didn't know, I made sure I learned about. So I was able to do better the next time. And we just became stronger and stronger and a, and a force to be reckoned with for a boutique real estate company. So what was the difference between like, and like looking back, what was the biggest difference between, or what is maybe the biggest difference between this resale development marketing on-site world and general real estate luxury? Sure. Cause you're with a top luxury boutique. Very simple, very simple. In development sales, you're focused on the brokerage community because 90% usually across the board, 90% of your sales come from the brokerage community. So you cater to the general real estate agents, us. You cater to yeah. us. We are your client as a development salesperson. General real estate, your client is the consumer, the seller, the buyer, the renter, the investor. So it's a different mindset when you're focused on, on getting interest from the brokerage community, you're going out and trying to do presentations, breakfast, bringing real estate companies into your sales center. You're, you're, you're casting a wide net among the brokerage community. Whereas in general real estate, you're hyper-focused on finding those sellers, primarily sellers. Uh, so it's a big difference in mentality. Uh, we all think like agents, we are agents. So it's a big difference in mentality and going after the real estate agent compared to going after the consumer. Exactly. And then the real estate agents are also going after the consumer. So, yeah, the, the, well, yeah exactly. Actually, never mind. I was confusing what you were saying, though, because the, the development world goes after the brokerages. Correct. But that's also going after the agents, right? Yeah, they go, they go after the individual agents. They're, they're trying to build relationships with brokerages as a whole and to the individual agents. So those agents that are out there, your army of agents is out there trying to find that consumer for you. And they're bringing that consumer to you instead of you going out, because it's very difficult um, in one particular project to find and pinpoint the right consumer. That's why you use brokerage companies who already have numerous consumers to bring to you. And, exactly. and building your relationship, developing a great reputation as a top on-site sales agent is difficult, but very rewarding as well. Because once you get that notoriety, once you get that tag, you're going to have agents calling you. You're going to have brokers calling you and say, we want to work with you because why? They, they have the best chance of success of converting that client into a development sale. And as we all know, on-site sales, development sales pay more commission than your typical general real estate deal. Exactly. Well, the great thing too is now you become, you know, going into the real estate world, the real estate agents, it's to the consumer, but it's also to one another. Exactly right. So, so building relationships across the board is important as a general real estate is one of the most important things as a general real estate agent. So being someone, well, let's fast forward. And then I want to ask you one big question and that's going to open up a rabbit hole. That's going to be fun. So you're, you're with, it was, was it Aventura or Turnberry? Or Turnberry, Turnberry was the name of the company and located, okay. located in, in the Aventura. city of Aventura. Correct. So, so Turnberry, you were managing broker for them for how many years? 10 years. And then they were acquisitioned by one Sotheby's. 2017, we got acquired by one Sotheby's. Yes. And then. And then 
I'm still here. So I, I met with. And now the, I bet you coming with one Sotheby's, you brought in more of your new development experience again, or do you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I had a lot of experience on site development sales and uh, one Sotheby's at the time uh, had a nice portfolio of developments. Uh, Daniel De La Vega and Maya De La Vega, the owners of one Sotheby's International Realty. Um, when we were acquired, Turnberry said, they said, Daniel flat out said to me, the only way this deal works is if you come along with the deal. So, um, which I was, which I was, you know, flattered and, and honored, um, but very smart because that's typically the best way to make things work because I'm the one who had the relationship with my agents and to make sure the agents are well taken care of and, and keep them on that growth path. Um, I was an integral part of that. And I have great, had a great reputation in the area. Uh, as being a very, very solid managing broker and a very important person in the community when it came to real estate because of my knowledge and connections between development in general. Um, and I always fought for my agents, continue to do, do that to this day. So, um, it, you know, it, I work for, for a company, but a, a, a solid managing broker is someone that really has their agents' backs. And, and, and that's what set me aside. But I did that for 10 years at Turnberry. We were acquired in 2017. I came over to One Sotheby's as a managing broker, bringing my 100 and so agents over and stepping into the role as managing broker for the existing One Sotheby's Aventura, Sunny Isles, and Bay Harbor offices. So I combined my agents in different locations with their existing agents, and I took over all those offices. And then I helped a little bit with That's some of the projects. That's a big job. It's 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 a big job, but when you love what it's you do, when you love what you do, it's it, things become a lot clearer and easier. So there there are two ways and two valuable things for real estate agents to learn from this, and anybody in the industry is always interested in leadership and all. But two things: number one is. In doing this, you've seen so many agents succeed and fail at the highest level, by the way, because of who you've managed and yourself. And number two, how do you manage so many people and what can other agents learn when they're trying to just leverage and manage their, their, their because when you look at what one single agent is doing, it's high margins, but it's a lot of busy work, but there's a lot of management and leadership skill that goes into that, that, that we can take from you. Mm -hmm. And the third thing I'm going to add is just one thing to, to bring this home. And then I'm going to re-ask the questions. You're diligent, you're focused, you contribute, and you're loyal. Like, this, that just kind of sums you up. I I'm a person of diligence, highly focused. I always want to be always contributing. That's incredibly important. And with loyalty to your agents, to your company, to your network and your people and your world. There's a saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I tend to live by that. Um, if you show whoever it is, your agents in my case, your clients to your audience case, you show them how much you genuinely, authentically care about them, business is gonna continue to come to you. You're, you're not a salesperson, you're a relationship builder. And the knowledge of our business, quite honestly, it's easy. There's some things that are challenging, 
We're going to learn. We're going to we're going to surround ourselves with great people. We're going to surround ourselves with great managing brokers. We're going to surround ourselves with great attorneys. We're going to sound, surround ourselves with great financing people to help us with a lot of things we don't know. And we're going to learn about the contracts just from doing. We're going to learn about the different language within the contracts just from doing. But unless you really focus on your relationships and you learn to become a more effective communicator and someone of value, your business is going to falter. The more value you can add to people, the more business you're going to do. End of story. So, and that goes into the other questions is, is well, let me repeat what you said. It's about caring. And that is the common, common denominator of all luxury, according to Horst Schultz, the guy who was the operations manager for Ritz, just saying. So like, and number one, care. Number two, know how to communicate, learn how to effectively communicate. And number three, know your value. Correct. And that it goes into, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you these two questions again anyway, is, is overseeing so many of the top agents, what is the difference between those who make it and those who don't? And then the other one on, on learning leadership as you grow your business, but go into like, what is it that like, you from what was it to what year what did it start 2007 2008 you've been managing and it's 2022 in april well I, I, i've been a sales director since about 2004 so i've been in leadership roles since and prior to that i was doing just on site i was a salesperson for different developments but in a leadership role in well, a management so, role since 2004 2005 so someone in sales personally and overseeing the top agents in South Florida, what is the common denominator of the most successful agents? And what is the biggest mistake agents usually make in general? I, I think the common denominator amongst successful agents, and I said this at our at our one summit, would be diligence. You mentioned it and and passion. You have to love what you do. You have to find a way to love what you do because when you love what you do, it comes across in every single interaction. Whether you're selling someone's home or you're working with a buyer to buy a home, whether you're working with another realtor or someone direct, that comes across. Your passion for this business, your passion to help others, your passion to put others before you is what comes across. So when you we're all in the business of sales. When you show people that you care about them, knowing that this is more than likely the biggest purchase of their life or the biggest sale of their life. When you show them that you genuinely care about their interests, forget about your commission, forget about you personally, it comes across. Then you become authentic and then you become a person of value, a person that's seeked out. Um, by others and they refer you business. So it's a couple of answers to the success of a real estate agent, what I've seen over the years, but adding value to others and the mindset of, and we don't have a salary, we're not pegged with a price tag, but getting doing more than what you're paid for going above and beyond. And I'm not talking about being a property manager. <laughs> I'm not talking about going to unload someone's dishwasher, but going above That's and beyond. That's a great insert there. Mm -hmm. Keep going though, yes. Going above and beyond for your clients to add as much value, to, 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 to give you an example. You're working with a buyer and that buyer is frantic and nervous about the school system 
of the community, where they want to buy. They've identified a beautiful home, but now they're nervous about the school system. And you know that. You take mental note of that. You jot it down. You then research the school. You send them a report on the school. You get recommendations from parents of that school. You know that their son is a baseball player. You then send them articles about how good the baseball team is at that school or how great of a coach is at that school. Why? Because you took the care, you took the diligence to spend a little more time researching something that is important to your client. And many agents fail to do that. They think, what's 3% of $750,000? What's 3% of 2 million? They don't think that's gonna come to me. What is important to my client or what do I feel is important to my client that's gonna make a difference in their lives? And when you identify those things and you put those things into action and you just get maintain a habit of doing those actionable items, the world is yours, honestly, because all you're doing now is thinking, how can I help this person? What's important to this person? What are their pain points? What are their pleasure points? And how can I facilitate either to make it easier on them or make it better for them? So number one, listen. You just listen, like, right? Like to reiterate, listen. And number two, ask yourself the right questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like because if situation. you listen, yeah. if you listen, your client, anyone you talk to is going to give you every single answer you need to be a successful real estate agent. They're going to tell you. And if you listen, because there's like, here's what's running in my mind, listening for the right things, listening for not... So many people listen. I've noticed the difference between the really successful people and everybody else is when they listen to find the solution. And so many people listen and the minute they see what might make it impossible, they accept it. Versus listening to, for example, your story, somebody's really worried about the school system, well, they're just crazy. They just don't know what they want. Well, how about they're worried about the school system and they've got a kid who's in baseball and let's unveil. And always, I'm always looking for how do we find the answers they're looking for? How can I best help them? And if it's wrong for them, let's figure it out sooner than later so that we can get them on the right path sooner than later, which gets you a comp, like the amount of businesses, comp it's a, the compound effect of that business that pays off versus just trying to force the deal through, which you know these, but it, it's literally the story running in my head as I hear what you're saying. Jerry, they, my, my uncle used to say it all the time. And my uncle's one of my biggest mentors I have. And everyone, everyone should have mentors in their life. And he used to say to me all the time, don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. Like high five me on that. I mean, don't leave me hanging. I mean, really, like if you have a question, if you have a problem, at least present the solution and see how, see what I think. But don't just come like I didn't pay you to bring me problems. Especially not our clients. I still talk like I'm a real estate agent, but especially, especially not clients. They want to know they hired you for the solution. And when you don't know, start asking the right questions. Them and and yourself. I love how every question you had, it was you're listening and you're asking yourself questions to give you perspective exactly. to listen more and listen for the right things. Listen exactly right. Exactly right. And, and another thing I would like to add to that, Jerry, is the the what makes 
truly successful people I feel and what's important to me in my day is prioritizing. And, you know, there are a lot of things we get sidetracked doing menial tasks, things that are in the scheme of things, not as important as other things. And if you get in the habit of prioritizing, what's the most important thing to you as a general real estate agent? What are the money-making activities we could do and put our, our highest and best use into action? And you focus on those, the return on that is going to be incredible. But if we focus on the smaller things, administrative things, cleaning up items. A lot of agents get sucked into property management just items, which is what I said. Because they're important, yeah, you discard but them. it's about you, what, leveraging them. And, and, and getting an assistant or your company's transaction coordinator, listing coordinator, support staff to help you with these things so you could do what you do best for your business that you can leverage those things because those things end up being deal killers between you and a client as well. I mean, such a exactly. point. So you also said prioritize, which made me think of two things. Number one would be your success determines what you let distract you. Quoting, I have to confess, Thomas Wright, who's been on the show, on the show a couple of times. And the other one is, and I think I'm selling this one from Jordan Peterson, for those of you who are fans who wrote the book, 12 Rules for Life. I think it's him. It's somebody. You can only have priority comes from a singular word. Priority. What is the priority? And in our case, I think, what would you say? I have an, an answer in my own mind, but what would, what would, if you said, what is a real estate agent, the priority is this? Well, I, I always say, regardless of being a real estate agent or anything else, the priority is you. <laughs> and and you, you, the, the number one priority any person has is themselves. And oh. I say, I say, I say this all the time. Um, you know, there's a reason they tell you when you're in an airplane and the oxygen masks come down that you put it on yourself first before you take care of anyone else, because in life or business, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. So your mental health, your physical health are the number one priority to me for anyone, let alone a real estate agent, because we can be that person who gets all that energy brought to us, whether it's negative or positive, we could bear the weight of all that energy. And it's not easy. It's not easy being yelled at, being screamed at for things you really didn't have any control over. So taking care of yourself for me is priority number one. Oh, mine was client experience, but you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself first. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. Okay, so as you're working, let's hear a little bit about your role today, your sales officer. I mean, the two play, the, here's one. One is how do you manage so much as one person? I know you have a lot of support, but that goes into that question of priority. How do you know what to prioritize? It, it, it's, a great, it's a great question. And um, I know that uh, uh, James Clear in the book Atomic Habits covers this. Yeah. And um, time blocking, I think, is crucial to anyone's business where you set aside a certain cluster of time to dedicate maybe to emails um, because we're all going to have things that get thrown at us on a daily basis, uh, important calls that come in, um, items you have to address, some personal 
appoint doctor's appointments, a spouse, uh, things with your spouse that come up or your children. Um, but if you time block and, and I get up relatively early, I used to get up a little earlier, but I'm still up by six o'clock in the morning. I get my exercise done out of the way. I read, I listen to audio books on my either working out or on my walks. I'm either walking around five miles a day or I'm going to the gym. So I'm, I'm listening to my audiobooks, um, taking care of myself physically and mentally during that time period before distractions can possibly start. So I know that time for me, six o'clock in the morning is pretty much distraction free. I know my daughter's on her way to school. I know that the phone's not going to ring like crazy yet. The emails can wait. Then I'll get to a place around eight o'clock where I can eight to nine o'clock. I can check my emails that come in overnight or things that were kind of carried over from the day before. And I can set my agenda and prioritize those things for the day. Um, then nine o'clock hits and the phone typically doesn't stop or the emails continue to come in or there's appointments. I'm visiting several offices. I'm traveling. You put out a lot of fires. A lot of fires and, 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 you know, showing people that you care is one of the easiest ways to not put out the fire, but to diminish the fire, showing people that you're actively listening, like we discussed and looking for a solution, like we discussed is one way to really dampen those fires and we're going to all face fires on a daily basis. We're not going to know how to handle everything. But if you put your best foot forward and you dive right in and you do it scared, um, odds are you're going to come out okay because it's just a momentary thing. And these things all pass. Yeah. And there, there is a way out. And we all deal with our different stripes every single day. And some are easier than others, but we get through them. So supporting these agents in sales, now you've got the big presentations and you've got the big listings. And I mean, you guys are doing big, big numbers in business. What would you say is your role more support putting out fires or do you have any on the ground work of side by side? Like let's win some business and get these agents going. All of the above. How does so, work? yeah. So it's, I, I get a lot of calls on Seth. I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm at 7 million or 10 million this year, how can I get to 15 million? How can I get to 20 million? So I get those calls um, a lot. And I work with agents on their business planning because I truly believe everyone needs a business plan. Um, so I work with agents on their business planning. I work with agents on high level thinking. For example, one of my easiest um, responses to a similar question of how can I start getting those whether it's million dollar listings, how can I get, how can I break into those $5 million listings, $15 million listings? My answer is going back to communication and the people you surround yourself with is figure out a way to get yourself around people that are selling million dollar homes, figure out a way to get yourself around people that are selling $5 million homes or $15 million homes. Intertwine yourself into the people they talk to and work with every day. And then little by little, you're going to become a, a more common name in those circles. So working with agents on those type of that, business planning activities. Yeah, that sounds so simple. What you just said, it's so simple, but that's how, that's it. You are who you're around. 
just like I want everybody to just take in what you said because it sounds simple, but really like you are who you're around. Who do you want to be when you grow up? Go align with those people. Who do you want your clients to be when you grow up? Go align with those people. And that's your business. I, I, I'm not sure. If, maybe Jim Rohn said you're the closest of your you're you're the average of yeah, the five closest people around you. Um, you know, you want to up your game. You want to really take your business to the next level. Surround yourself with agents that are at the level you want to be at. You know, and learn from them. See what they do. See where they go. How they talk. It's what so do they true. do for fun? Because all the training in the world, but until you're around it, you don't take it in. I remember I was an agent at another company and I did well. And then I joined Sotheby's and I was with Sotheby's for 10 or 11 years. And literally like nobody told me what to do. I just one day was like, wait, I'm doing things differently. And my listings are all like a few million. Huh. Like, wow, look at how that happens. Yep. So anyway, exactly. But to continue your point about success and everything agents do and going down that path, I just really did not want anybody to miss that, what you said, because it's so, so important and so relevant. Everybody's looking for the secret sauce. That's it. Yeah. I mean, look, we, and we learn every day. So you have to be eyes wide open in this business because you're going to get cues. You're going to get you're going to get lessons and some are going to be harder than others. You're going to get slapped in the face. You're going to be hurt by things people say, but you just have to keep moving forward. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta learn to take the hits and you gotta use them as lessons. And, and, and there's something to be said, something really valuable about failures. Cause we're all, we all have failures in our lives. We all get rejected. And that doesn't feel good, but learning that those rejections are going to come and continue to come. And what can we do differently next time? Or what did I learn from that past rejection or failure to make myself better is what's going to increase our ability to become more successful as well. And do you have any fun that can be personal or not personal? And you don't have to tell us names of stories just like that, where something that seemed tragic ended up becoming an opportunity either to learn or it was transformed how the situation was handled i have no 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 actually i have an agent who worked with a seller who they were blown back by not getting this listing this particular agent but become and someone else got the listing another company and it was a a, i think a 2.5 million dollar listing but during the course of the relationship with that seller, that seller introduced that, that agent to one of their friends. And that agent built upon that relationship with the new friend, the seller too, it just didn't work out. But that new relationship with that friend blossomed and they stayed close. And then that friend of the seller wanted to look at new construction. And that now client or friend of the agent bought a $5 million pre-construction home with that agent who lost that listing uh, at a 6% commission. So I would accept a loss of a two and a half million dollar sale, gaining a $5 million sale at a pre-construction paying 6%. So, you know, you're going to, you're going (laughs) to, so you never know everything's a lesson and you do it eyes wide open. You do the best you can every day. 
Add as much value as you can every day. Keep your eyes open. Look for opportunity because opportunity can come from the place you least expect it to come from. And in that particular case, it sure did. You know, a seller that rejected this agent still introduced this agent to one of their friends who ended up buying a significant piece of property from this agent. What you focus on determines what you see, determines what you get, or what determines the out, what you get, what, what de- determines the outcome. I mean, it's exactly, exactly yep. right. Always like look for opportunity and it will show up. Look for opportunity yep. and show up for it and it will be there. Okay, Seth. So now for the final three. He's like, are you kidding me? What is this? Let's do it. Let's <laughs> These do are it. the easiest and the most. Usually it's like, <laughs> wait, we should have started with us. So the first one is, in your life of success and or watching other agents success you choose how to answer this what have you found is the greatest resource for becoming successful the greatest resource for coming becoming more successful is like i said a little bit earlier is picking somebody you admire success it's a funny term because it can mean so many different things to different people, right? Success can be all financial gain. Success can be all notoriety. Success can be personal success, how you feel about yourself, how you're viewed in your community. So it, it takes on many different roles. And that's why I, I think you, you, you identify people that you would like to be like, at least on a circle. You know, that, that agent presents themselves so well, their marketing is second to none, the way they handle themselves, how they do presentations, and you try to get around those people. So if you're a newer agent, or even an experienced agent, and you find a rock star agent that's doing 100 million, 200, 500 million a year, and you want to be like that agent, see if you can get on their team. See if you can get as close as possible to this person to learn what do they do every day? What are their secrets of the success you want? How are they acting? How do they treat clients? How are they, what are they, what's their time blocking look like? What's their priority look like? Um, and the more your success leaves clues, right? So the more you're around successful people, you're going to pick up these clues and it's you're going to learn It's contagious too, by the way. Like it's, it's totally contagious. It's, it really is. Like it, it's amazing because everything, so many things that we... I, Success is, in short, the result of actions. And so many of those come from so many subconscious things that we're so unaware of. And Jerry, I got to tell you, you know, and, and, and a large part of my life dedicated to high-end luxury real estate and, and leading high-end luxury real estate, people that are buying and selling multi-million dollar homes, 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, 100 million dollar homes, they're just like us. They are human beings. So your ability, don't ever, ever be afraid to connect with someone like that because they crave the connection too. They're normal people, but you just got to get in the circle to give value. And the moment they get around you and see you, and then there comes the no like, and trust, then you could start doing business that way. And that's crucial to the business, but you got to get around them and you can't be scared. You just got to go all out. Who cares? Worst case, what's the worst possible thing could happen to you? You get rejected? Big deal. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up feeling good about yourself again. And we're all going to get rejected. Move forward. Move on. And exactly. good, those that are persistent, good things will continue to happen. Well, it's, like, it's like in any good relationship, you know, 
people say, be the person you want to marry, be the person you want to whatever that is. And in real estate, we don't say that enough. Be the real estate agent you would want to have. Exactly. And, and look at, believe it or not, because so much of the focus is on just getting the deals in our industry, unfortunately, not to sound cliche, but if you realize like how much value, if I, I say this all the time on the show, but if we weren't so valuable, Zillow would have taken over a long time ago but it's just not happening because the value we bring to the table and owning that and knowing that and knowing what our ideal client or what our clients need and are looking for and understanding how to deliver on that. And suddenly it becomes really easy to be the best. Yep. And Absolutely point, right. I couldn't agree, couldn't agree with you more. It's being around those people to understand it on both ends. Who do you want to be when yep. you grow up and who do you want to serve when you grow up? Exactly. Just repeating exactly. what you said. So. Next question, is there, and I hope there is, a book that you would recommend we read? Like, this book as a person, not the typical cliche, but like, as a person, this book has changed my career, my way of looking at things, my life, mine being never split the difference, just for the record. <laughs> I love that book. Great book. Great book. Um... I, it's, it's, yeah, if you want better negotiation skills, you're definitely going to want to read that book. Um, for me, uh, I, I would say a couple of books. Um, number one on my list, well, there's, there's two number ones, to be honest. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is, is certainly my tops. And I think everyone in the world should read that book. And yes. it's, it, it, it plays old, but the, 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 the basics of that book are so instrumental and important to this day. And you can get so many golden nuggets out of that book. Uh, that's by far up there with my, as my number one. But uh, in addition, in tandem to that, I would say Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey is, is my um, second choice for best book. And of course, a book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is absolutely All amazing. the good ones. I yeah. love how like typical, typical salesperson, one book. Well, the first one was, what is Dale Carnegie? Oh my gosh, I already forgot. How, how to Win Friends, friends, and, influence how to win friends and Influence People. Dale yeah. Carnegie. Oh, but don't forget Seven Habits by Stephen Covey. <laughs> oh, but wait, wait, wait. Three King Grove Ridge. There's more. And there's more. They're all so good though. Like, of course we can't pick just one. Those are all brilliant books. So thank you. Okay. Last, well, first. Would you be this, what is, of all of those, why those books, what would be the some takeaway that you would say is the reason to read any one of these books? Because it comes, it, it, it just comes down to what I said earlier. To be better at anything, you have to become a better communicator, a more influential person. And John Maxwell says this all the time, but leadership is influence nothing more nothing less that's what his one of his sayings is and i believe that we're all leaders we're all leaders because we all have influence as a real estate agent we want to have influence over our clients we have want to have influence over other agents that we work with uh, we want to have influence over our kids so if you have influence you're a leader so we got to fo all focus on how do i become better leader we become better leaders by becoming more influential. And we also become better leaders and more influential by becoming better and more effective communicators. Well said. Thank you. Like so much other stuff you've already said, but that was like, mic drop, I'm sorry, the show's over now. Um, except we have one more question. 
Sure. If you can top that. So it would be, or it is, in this conversation we've had today, if everyone listening is going to remember one thing and they're just not going to retain everything else, what is the one thing you would say you need to take away from our conversation? You are truly unique. I believe there's a power within everyone to become better, grow more than you ever thought you can grow, increase your brain power, and just stepping outside yourself to be this version of yourself you never thought was possible. If you continue to work on yourself as an individual, everything else is going to fall into place because you have gifts inside you. Everyone does. Everyone offers some kind of value to other people. We just have to use that to the best of our ability and keep working. When you keep working on yourself, those talents, those abilities are showcased more to the world and people gravitate towards that. Become a person of value. That's the biggest lesson I can say. How do you do that? How do you become a person of value? Put everyone you meet before yourself. Don't think of how this relationship is going to benefit me. Think about how I can benefit you. And success is going to come. Thank you. So beautifully said. Seth, thank you so much for being on the show. And so good to see you. Great to see you, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com. <laughs>